The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. If you've got your service program inside, I want you to, if you want to, if it's open to you, you can take notes. I want you to see, first of all, that you have something to give. 1 Thessalonians 2.8, so being effectually desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted, notice that word, imparted unto you. They could not have imparted something that they did not first possess. And so the very fact that they were imparting something assumed that there was something that had been first uh, given. You, you cannot give what you you do not have and you can't have what you have not been given, all right? And so we see here you have something to give. And I know you might be here today and you might feel like you have little or nothing to offer. But I want to remind you based on the authority of the Word of God that you are a Christian that is simply, if you are a Christian, that's simply not true. You have something to give. According to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 and verse number 13, you have the Word of God to offer. According to Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 10, you have Christ to offer. According to 1 Corinthians chapter number 6 and verse number 19, you have the Holy Spirit within you and He wants to offer life through you. According to 1 Peter chapter number 4 and verse number 10, you have an incredible spiritual gift. In fact, in many of you, it's not just gift singular. You have many spiritual gifts plural to offer. According to Philippians, you have grace, you have power, and you have strength. The moment you became a Christian, God gave you more than you probably even realized was given to you. My, at that moment of conversion, at that moment of salvation, you were given so much. Ephesians chapter number 1 verse 3, they might have this on the screens. Paul reminds us and he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice this. Who hath blessed us with some spiritual blessings. Is that what it says? No, it doesn't. Who hath blessed us with, let's get interactive, with what? All spiritual blessings in heavenly uh, places in Christ. I want to remind you today that you have been blessed with all spiritual blessings. Everything that God could give to you, He has given to you. In fact, I'd say it this way. If there were any more spiritual blessings that God could give us, they would already be ours in Christ. Because of God's generosity to you, you now have something to offer the world. You say, well, I'm young. You have something to offer the world. You have something to offer this church. You have something to offer your connection group Bible study. You say, well, I'm kind of getting old. I don't know if this kind of works for me. You still have something to offer the world. You still have something to offer this church. You still have something to offer the connection group Bible study. You say, well, I'm rich or I'm poor or whatever the case may be. You still have something to offer the world. You still have something to offer your connection group Bible study. You say, well, I'm from this ethnic background or that ethnic background. You still have something to offer the world. You still have something to offer your connection group Bible study. I don't care where you find yourself socioeconomically. I don't care where you find yourself chronologically in the age. I don't care where you find yourself, you know, in your career or in your life stage. The Bible declares that in Christ, you have something to offer this world. You have something to offer a church and you have something to offer a connection group Bible study. Because of God's generosity to you, you now have something to give. I want you to see that. Number two, not only that, but I want you to see you are a giver. What? You are a giver. 
The moment you became a believer, you literally became a giver by nature. The Bible says that you were a new creature. Old things were passed away. Your selfish nature, your greedy essence, that is no longer at the essence of who you are. You were implanted with a new nature. It is the nature of Christ. The Spirit of Christ was placed within you, and you now have a new identity. You may not even be fully aware of it yet, but giver is part of your new identity. Self-giving now is in your nature. It is in your essence. It is a part of your new identity in Christ. Here's what John chapter number 4 and verse number 14 here says on the screens. I want you to say, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water. Notice this, springing up into everlasting life. Jesus is saying here, when I pour this living water into your life, you're going to become like a spring. And it's just going to flow, and it's going to flow, and it's going to flow out. Why? Because that is what Christ places within you. You're now a giver. He gives you something that can never run dry. And no matter how much of it springs forth, no matter how much of it's given away, you will continue. Continually have that just life-giving water flowing in and flowing through your life. Later, Jesus goes on to say in John 7, Whosoever believes in me out of his heart will flow water, living, rivers of living water. Now, I want you to see this here. What makes springs and fountains healthy? If we were to go plug up a spring and we were to kind of, kind of dam it up a little bit, it would start getting dirty and it would start getting nasty and it would start getting ugly. You see, because springs, they're created to produce rivers, to produce streams. They produce giving and contribution. That, that's what they do. And we as springs, as the living water of Christ flows into us and flows out of us, are here to produce streams that refresh the lives of others. Giver is not just something you do. I want to tell you, based on the authority of God's word, giver is something that you are. You are a giver by nature. The spirit of Christ dwells within you. He is a giver. And that nature now is in you. That essence is now in you. You are a giver. I want you to see this on the screens. Because Jesus, all right, because Jesus poured out everything he had, so you could be given everything you need for life and godliness. That's what the Word of God tells us. Everything we need for life and godliness is ours in Christ. You are now free to give extravagantly to others without the fear of losing what has already been given to you. You're a giver. That is who you are. That is what the nature of Christ within you has made you to be. You're a new creation. You're a new creature. Now you can push that to the side. You can pretend that's not who you really are. You can let your emotions drive you and tell you you're something else. You can let your past tell you you're something else. You can let your friends tell you you're something else. But according to the authority of the Word of God, you are a giver. It is part of your new identity in Christ, all right? So we see you have something to give. Why? Because you are a giver. Lastly, I want to say, say this. Someone needs what you have to offer. Someone needs what you have to offer. Notice what the Bible says here in verse number 8, 1 Thessalonians. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, notice this, but also our, notice that phrase, our own souls because you were dear unto us 
We, he, Apostle Paul was saying, we as the church, we were willing to give to you. And we gave more than just our teaching. We gave you more than just our orthodoxy. We gave you more than just principles. We literally gave of our own souls. We gave of ourselves. We gave of our essence. We gave of our being. He's saying we as the church, we gave. Now here's the reality. It's impossible for any one of us to give to every one of us. You can't do it. I can't do it. But together we can. Together we can meet the needs that exist. Together, collectively, as each of us does our part. Why? Because someone needs what you have to offer. I was speaking to a group of our leaders earlier this week. And we got together for just a little time. uh, Together as leaders. and, And I began to talk about last week just how many hurting people there were in our services last Sunday. And I couldn't even go into all the details just from what I know as a pastor of people who walk through our back doors. Literally, as I stood in the lobby, people sharing with me just incredibly financial needs that they had. Sharing with me just unbelievable health needs that they heard about. One lady told me her husband had passed away that week and we'd been praying with her. We knew that, you know, the health wasn't good and You say, why do you say that? I say that to say right now in this room, there are some incredibly tired and hurting individuals right here, right now. There There are folks here in this room and you're struggling. And you're hurting. And you're tired. And this is why we want you to invite you into community, into intimacy. Into a connection group Bible study where we can... Where we can lean into those hurts. Where we can lean into loving you. And helping you. And supporting you in ways that we can. I'm I'm here to say this. There was a day where I could do most of it. And I'm going to be transparent with you. I can't do it anymore. I can do my part as a believer and as a Christian. And I want to be an example in this to others. But the, the day where I can do all the care is over. And the day where even our staff could do it is over. We're just, we're, we're past that. We're, we're in a new era here. And so in order for us, our church, to really be the church, to experience what it means to be a part of the church, it means all of us are going to have to be the church now. All of us are going to have to be our part to give, to recognize that, man, we've been given something. We have something to offer. We are by nature givers. And there are people who need what God's grace has imparted to me so his grace can impart through me. You say, but I'm hurting right now. I don't think I have it all together. You don't need to have it all together to help somebody else. To pour in, to encourage, to help, to support. There are few things more beautiful to me. You say, what, what encourages you the most as a pastor? Now, when somebody writes you a letter and tells you how awesome your sermon was, I'm, I guess I'm thankful for it, but it, there, there's definitely a lot that encourages me a whole lot more. What encourages When somebody invites you over for dinner, I, I'm, I'm thankful for that, but at the end of the day, you want to know what really encourages me? You say, how do, I, how do we really encourage? You want to know what really encourages me? Is to see you be the church in the lives of others. Nothing encourages me more. Not, a, not taking me out to lunch. Not writing me a note. Not giving me a blood. I'm literally, the most encouraging thing that I experience is to watch as people serve one another. Nothing encourages my heart more than that. And if, if that's your heart, and that's, if, if you say, man, I feel led to, to serve you and to be a blessing to you, that's how you can serve me, by serving others. 
And I, I'm not, you say, that's just preacher talk. No, this is the truth. Nothing encourages this pastor's heart more than seeing the body of Christ be the body in the lives of other people. Nothing encourages me more. Nothing lifts my spirits more. I mean, it, it, you know, the, there's, there's other things. But the, the reality is, unfortunately, the day and age in which we live, I, I wish I could go out to lunch with every one of you. It gets tough sometimes. It would take me, a, take me a, over a year if I went every day. <laughs> But what encourages is to see you pouring into the life of someone else. 1 Peter chapter number 4 verse 10. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. My friends, we can't do everything, but we can do something. And the something that we can do by God's grace, we must do. So let's review as we kind of wrap this up. Because of God's generosity to you, you now have something to give to the world. You are a giver. It's not just something you do. It's something God's Spirit has made you to be. And someone needs what you have to offer. How many of you, as we conclude this, how many of you have ever heard me use the word koinonia? It's a Greek word. It means connection. We use that word a lot. You say, Pastor, I don't understand. I've never heard that word before. In the Bible's original Greek language, there is a word, we translate it in modern English as fellowship, but in the original Greek language, the word is koinonia. It means a Christ-centered, biblically-centered relationship. It centers not around bowling, it centers not around food or coffee shops or shared interest or shared age. It's a fellowship that is brought together by the person of Christ and his word. It's called koinonia is the, is the Greek word. Now here's what's really interesting. The word koinonia, if you literally read your Bible in the Greek, if, if you were to, okay, I'm not going to worry about English, but I'm going to read my Bible in the Greek, and you just read and you looked for that word koinonia, in the English, sometimes, and most of the time, it is translated fellowship. But do you know what other word koinonia gets translated to into English? Contribution. Giving. Sacrifice. Literally, biblically speaking, you cannot have Christiocentric relationship. You can't have koinonia in the New Testament sense of the word. You can't have relationship without having at its essence an element of giving, of contribution, of sacrifice. I've heard people say, well, I'll give when it's convenient for me to give. I'll give when it's easy. I'll give. And yet the Bible is teaching here, real koinonia means to contribute, means to sacrifice means to give up. That's what Paul's saying here. We didn't just give you teachings. We didn't just give you words. We didn't just give you orthodoxy and lessons. We gave you our souls. We gave you the essence of who we are. You, you got the very best of anything that we have to offer. We gave you us. And that's what koinonia is. Koinonia means I step into something when I don't feel like it. It means within a marriage, koinonia means contributing and sacrificing and giving so that relationship can be what God ordained it to be, koinonia within a marriage, but it works koinonia within a connection group Bible study. It's going to involve you giving up, contributing in order for you to truly experience the beauty and the wonder and the awe of koinonia. So, kind of as a takeaway here, I want you to appropriate God's grace. Here's, here's my challenge to you as the church. 
I want to I challenge you to appropriate God's grace and do this. Give to a group. It's a big takeaway. I want you to give to a group. I, mean, I want to challenge you to give to a group. You say, well, I thought I went to get from a group. That's, that's a part of it. That's like kindergarten connection group Bible studies. And if you've never been a part, then you jump in and you, you take and we're willing to give to you. But if, if, you're real, are you, if you're wanting to mature, I want to challenge you as a church family to give to a group. You say, give what? <laughs> give food, give cookies, give money, give... To, no, here, I want you to give you. I want you to give of yourself. I want you to give of your essence. I want you to sacrifice yourself. I want you to give yourself. I want you to contribute of yourself. Why? Because there is a real temptation in 21st century church to be spectators instead of participators. It's running rampant in the church world in which we live in. Many, many churches across Fresno, across this world, are perfectly content with allowing you to be a spectator. They're, they're fine with it. In fact, there are entire churches in this community and they are built around allowing you to be a spectator. Get a crowd, do what we got to do and they'll do this thing or that thing in order to get a crowd. And that's, I guess there's a, that's a part of it. Jesus got crowds so he could take them on a journey. But what we're here today is we're saying don't just be a spectator. And that's, that's, the, that's the tension because people who just maybe come on a Sunday morning, it's easy for them just to be spectators. And I understand there's work, work things and the, I know some of you have health things and family things. So I understand you let the Holy Spirit apply this to you how it fits to you. I'm not trying to be anybody's Holy Spirit. But what I am trying to say is God called us as a church to be more than just a spectator. He wants us to be participators. And within this church culture here, it really is impossible to to be a participator in which God is doing holistically in the context of this church without being a part of a Connection Group Bible study. All of our community outreach, a lot of our community service is all structured through our Connection Group Bible studies. About two months ago, every one of our Connection Group Bible studies went out and served our community in different nonprofit organizations around our city. It was an incredible day. We saw much accomplished for the glory of Christ, but all of that was structured through a Connection Group Bible study. People who are not involved in the Connection Group Bible study might have not been aware through the community communication. They might have not known. And so therefore, they really didn't get to be involved uh, in it, it through this church. And you might do it in other ways. And that's a wonderful thing too. But this literally is how we structure our church to be the church. Can I ask you this question? Are you being the church? Or do you just go to church? If you're just coming, we're glad to have you. We don't want you to feel bad for coming. But we also want to challenge you and say there probably is something more for you. It's easy. It's easy to be a spectator. But it takes God's power. It takes God's strength. And it takes God's grace to be an active participator in what he's doing. And for us, Connection Group Bible Studies is how so much of that gets structured and organized through this church. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.